0: Welcome to the
1: Sheerlox Highlights Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week I'm joined by Lou Huff, Heather Steele and Becky Hull. Hi everyone.
0: Hello. What's everybody been watching this week? Well I've got two actually as you can tell it was a rainy weekend so yeah. I was indoors for most of it and everyone's probably seen this but I finally watched Lion on Netflix oh yes. I, haven't. I was in bits yeah. like it, I That's
2: up there with one of those films I've cried Oh than any other and film. also
0: I think Nicole Kidman just brings something out in me I don't know what it is she's the most incredible actress and she's not even the main character but I think just the storyline because everyone said to me oh you'll cry and I was like oh I probably won't I was honestly yeah. in bits it's so emotive Dev Patel deserved everything he got for that I mean the little boy oh it was just so so good so
3: he's adopted so yeah
0: for background Dev Patel is adopted it's based on a true story and as a child he literally falls asleep on a train and ends up completely away from his family and then he gets adopted but it shows you kind of the life he could have had as well which is just petrifying and then it shows you how he gets incorporated into this amazing life but he always knows something is missing so he gets
1: adopted like upwardly, upwardly socially upwardly exactly
0: okay. but I think for him because he has snippets of remembering sort of what his life was as well I think he sort of feels like he's cheating almost mm. so that's kind of and it's set in India yeah the first half yeah and then the second half is Australia I yeah. think what is- I-, I won't say too much because if people haven't seen it but I- it is so worth it I mean I honestly think you feel warm but at the ending but it is very emotional yeah, and that that's pretty really warm. I have to
1: say that's why I haven't watched it yeah I, I-, I wasn't wheeze. actually
0: prepared for how upset I'd be and then also- been watching Endeavour on a Sunday night. I don't know if anyone else has, I feel like no one has, but it's Inspector Morse. So, for anyone that knows the books, it's him when he's younger. He is called Endeavour. It's him in his former years, and it's a detective series set in Oxford. It's a bit Midsummer Murders, but <laughs> done in a much better way. And they're all really, I mean, it's murder mystery essentially, but it's also about the corrupt police force as well. And yeah, if you're a fan of the books, it's his former life. So, I've been watching that, but I also also do you love Baptiste on a oh Sunday. Oh my god, <laughs> last night was so
2: good. I'm literally on the edge of my seat every episode and they just keep changing what's going on. Oh like you god. Think, you think you're on one journey and then suddenly you're on it. So sorry, else.
1: Baptiste is one mystery and ongoing. Yes.
0: Is Endeavour the same or is it each episode is different? Endeavour's each episode is a different crime but they're two hours long on a Sunday night so I feel like you can really get into it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite an investment. The final one was last night. Where is it on? ITV. Okay. But you can catch up on it. And it is worth it if you kind of just want to immerse yourself in something mm-hmm. for two hours. But yeah, it clashes with Batiste, and I am a huge fan because I used to watch The Missing, yeah. which what it was formerly. So I've got into the habit of catching up with Batiste on a Monday. Yeah. And actually, this one already feels yeah. better than The like Missing. Completely, and also Tom hondler is in it. Was, who is who is so fantastic? Yeah, he's incredible um, actor. Okay. Yeah. He
1: yeah, Charlotte, you'll toys. love it.
2: Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. How many are there? There's been three so far. I think there's six in total, yeah, eight. Six. Oh god, I don't want it yeah. to end. <laughs> also last week I listened to Ian Schrager's Table Manners podcast, which was fascinating. But also on that, I found out that they are doing a competition with Red Nose Day. So you can win the opportunity to watch them filming Table Manners podcast with Richard Curtis. What,
1: like in their house? Yes. That's cool. (laughs) So you just sit there? Yeah, isn't that
2: amazing? That's That's a bit weird. (laughs) Richard Curtis would be so fascinating. Mm. And I was looking at all the other things that you can win through Red Nose Day. And you can also win afternoon tea with the Royal Family from The Crown. Oh what do you God. mean? Oh so you can. I think it's Claire Foy, Matt Smith, Vanessa Kirby. Are it's all just the old all family. Family. That's pretty amazing. That is, that is cool. cool. At Richard Curtis's house. So I think it's ten pounds a ticket, and you can then buy as many tickets as you want. And obviously, all the proceeds go to charity. That's, that's, so that's nice. hilarious.
1: Cool that's that? really cool. The thing I'm most surprised about though is that Ian Traeger did a table manners. Yeah,
2: he was obviously the founder of Studio 54, so he's talking a lot about that. And then now, you know, I guess he's a hotel owner. all hmm. the hotels he's got, and how times have changed. His voice is, like, nothing I expected it to be. Is it not, like, classic New York? Yeah, it's really, really Brooklyn. And it's kind of got a real, like... Husky kind of, I don't know. He, you can tell he's a character just
1: from his yeah. Arms, but
3: yeah, fascinating actually.
2: Really good stories. Oh, cool. I'm going to have a listen. <laughs> and
1: then
3: what about you? I haven't watched anything on TV because I've basically been going to bed at about half nine every night. So I'm just exhausted at the moment for yes. whatever reason. Well, you were in Japan. I <laughs> <a week laughs> was. Last. Yes, that was excellent. Yeah, I'm sure I'll talk about it at length another time yep. when my features out. But yeah, I basically haven't watched any TV that's been on at all. <laughs> but I did watch Bohemian Rhapsody finally yeah. on oh! the plane. <laughs> And yes, it was as good as everybody said it I was. Guess. I've been listening to Queen ever since, so yeah. yeah. All good things. I heard on the radio this morning that there's a video that's gone viral of him
2: when he's really young and him basically talking about who his idols were. And a who, Rami. Yeah. Oh.
3: And how much he wanted to play.
0: Really? really oh. amazing. Interesting. Yeah. And do you think he
3: deserved to win the Oscar? I haven't seen all the films because oh, okay. some of them haven't come out yet for the actual Oscars, but I think, yeah. It's so, a very good piece yeah, of acting. Yeah, his Ooh. teeth were great. <laughs> but I also watched Can You Ever Forgive Me as well, which oh, I really you? enjoyed. So, so that's
1: the Richard E. Grant one. Yeah, oh. I know. I mean, I really did want him to. Win because yeah. of everything Aww. that was going on oh, but around I think, it. So, the flaw around it was yeah. that he was just basically the least cool person ever so about excited. his nomination, and he was just so excited yeah. Yeah. all over social media, all over interviews, just being like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, which like, was,
3: everyone was lauding as really yeah. refreshing. refreshing right? Definitely. Um, but I thought that that meant he didn't expect a win at no, all, so didn't. therefore it didn't really matter. No, no, I think he was just happy to be there. You know, and yeah. everyone says, I was just happy mm-hmm. to be nominated, he, like, he totally genuinely, was. Was. genuinely was. But he was very good in it. He wasn't in it that much really mainly Melissa McCarthy who plays a biographer called Lee Israel in the 90s who does lots of celebrity biographies but she's kind of running a bit thin on ideas or her ideas are a bit niche so nobody really wants to publish what her latest book is she's skinned so she ends up stumbling across in the library a celebrity letter from back in the day takes it into a bookshop and they buy it for $125 and they're like oh it's a good one but it's not that interesting like I could give you a lot more if you ever managed to find some juicy ones so from there she starts kind of manufacturing her own sort of fraudulently written celebrity letters from like the 20s and then from there kind of gets drunken old Richard E. Grant who she meets in a bar kind of involved in the scam but it's a true story and uh, yeah basically she gets caught by the FBI and faces prison time but oh, wow. it's just a nice story the two of them getting to know each other and they're both kind of come from hardship and it's just fun and yeah. it's not very long it's just a nice is it, that's, character piece.
1: From everything I've read and heard about it I still can't work out if it's comedic or if it's miserable. It's a, what a bit is of the both really because
3: I think when you Melissa McCarthy I'm always like primed for fun but I think she's just so dark and sarcastic that that brings the humour in but then it is set against the kind of you know 90s AIDS backdrop in New York and various other things so there's definitely serious things going on as well but yeah I thought they were both excellent don't think it's Oscar worthy personally but I did enjoy both performances and yeah Richard E. Grant was a sensation as usual so
1: yeah well one thing I have to recommend before we move on is a show I saw last week called come from away. Oh, it is be brilliant, amazing. So it is an entirely true story about on the day of 9-11, they shut the American airspace after both planes hit the Twin Towers. But obviously there were planes occupying American airspace at that time. So they had to divert all of those planes. There were 38 in the sky in total. So they diverted them to an island off the coast of Canada called Newfoundland, which is a teeny, teeny, tiny, the people's accents are sort of half Canadian, half Irish. It's like really just <laughs> isolated in the middle of the Atlantic. Tiny population. And these 38 planes were all sent to this tiny airport. 7,000 people in total landed yeah. on the island that day. And the people were given like, you know, half an hour's notice. And all these people descended there. These people had no idea what was going on. They weren't told anything because obviously everybody was really suspicious amongst the kind of airline industry people were really suspicious of other people on planes nobody really knew anything so a lot of these people were held on their planes for up to 28 hours Mm -hmm. like no food no water no entertainment anything this is in the days you know there were like three mobile phones on the whole plane that kind of thing so basically it tells the story of the people of Newfoundland or Gander specifically which is an area there and how they dealt with all these people arriving and it also tells the story of certain individuals who were on the planes as well so the cast is only maybe 14 people Mm -hmm. Mm. and they each play two characters. They each play people from Newfoundland and they play somebody from the plane. They end up staying there for just under a week, these people, sleeping in churches and pubs and, you know, whatever space they could find. You couldn't even begin to make up this story. You know, if somebody said, said I've got this idea for a musical, you'd think it was a, ridiculous. Oh, it's a musical. It's a musical. <laughs> I know. It's a musical which, again, sounds so incongruous but it just works. They handle the whole thing so sensitively and the music, there are tone-tapping bits because they got a really strong culture there which has got a kind of western cowboy vibe without being Mm -hmm. from that era of the world Mm -hmm. and so there are those kind of fun toe-tapping bits but then a lot of it is really heartfelt and every person there just had obviously a really really human story people were coming from all over the world some people didn't even speak English because some of the flights were from Cairo and from Paris and they were going to America for all different reasons some families people were alone people on business people who ended up forging relationships and the reason the people who wrote this musical found out about it obviously it didn't receive much press attention at the time because there were other things going on but on the 10 year anniversary so on September 11th 2011 a large proportion of the people went back to Newfoundland because they had forged such strong relationships across those days that they went back to half as a commemoration of what happened but also as a celebration of what happened that brought all these people together from across Mm. the world so it's about that it's about how in just the space of five days something so terrible and huge can affect individuals and it's just I'm getting goosebumps talking about it it's so powerful. So it it's was amazing.
2: It whoever wrote it, did they get sort of snippets of information from people that were in that, and then translated that into a story? Yeah. So
1: it's one of those things where you know when you come out and you're like, I need to Google everything mm-hmm. in yeah. me. So, what was so having what yeah was in, exactly. Yeah. So having researched it, everything was real. Basically, a documentary was made about the reunion. Mm. So the filmmakers, I think, caught wind of the reunion and went across for that. So they got all the testimonies or whatever from people there. I'm pretty sure that even when people are speaking on stage, a lot of it is like word for word mm, descriptions. Wow. People are directly playing other people so it's complete testimony you know true testimonies and entirely true stories but obviously kind of dramatized there's not many props or there's not much staging or anything there's a lot of like body movement and Mm -hmm. uh, you know to symbolize things Mm -hmm. but the way they do that the way they symbolize seven thousand people on planes landing it's just incredible yeah Yeah. it's so amazing i can't recommend it enough it's not hideously expensive for london theater there were decent tickets for like 40 pounds so i really really recommend it it's on at the phoenix theater on toronto road let's talk now about intermittent fasting from the 5-2 diet to the 16-8 diet we wrote about intermittent fasting and why it's become pretty trendy recently Heather, you are the obvious person to start with. Queen of the 5-2. Are you still doing it?
3: Yeah, I really like it. I ate loads over the weekend because I went back to see my family and we just ate loads. And even, I don't know if it's just because I've got used to doing these fast days now, but this morning I was like, I'm so ready for a fast day. (laughs) Like, I still feel really full and I'm like, I'm so happy that I don't have to...
1: Wow. So it feels like a detox, Feast. really.
3: Yeah, whereas usually I just can keep going constantly and I'm perfectly fine. So I don't know if that's just a side effect of that or whether it's yeah. just the routine And how long of have you it. been doing it for now? I started doing it in October. Wow. So I've done it, it's just kind of a routine now, which is what I wanted it to yeah. be. Because my mum and dad do it. My mum a bit more successfully than my <laughs> dad. But yeah, I think it just becomes part of your lifestyle. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like a diet at all. And And I've had success with it as well, so I'm just kind of keen to keep it up. I'll see how I go. I've got like a goal weight, so I think Mm -hmm. when I get there, I'll probably do six one, and then that's more of a kind of maintenance thing, so it'll only be maybe a Monday, where I'll only have 500 calories. And did you
1: see the results pretty quickly?
3: Yeah, so kind of losing like a pound a week, so Christmas I kind of put a bit on, Yeah, who cares, everyone does. (laughs) So yeah, but generally, I'm finding that if I do it properly, because there have been a few weeks where I've maybe had like seven. 100 calories on one of the days mm. I've just been on the train home and I'm like, I'm fucking starving yeah. and I need to eat something. And Other, what do you eat on a 500 calorie day? That's the thing, I'm mixing it up all the time because you have to be really clever. That's the only annoying thing I'd say about doing it is that basically I try and get as much food as I can into those days. So I won't eat anything until about two or three o'clock. Oh wow. So I'll have a couple of black coffees and then won't have anything and then I'll have like a little bit of brown rice and a pack of cooked prawns because they're like filling but they haven't got many calories okay, it's quite in. It's filling lunch and yeah. particularly when you've been that starving hungry mm. you can get full up quite quickly. Exactly yeah, yeah. so if, and if I eat it slower than usual mm-hmm. as well that'll help. Okay. Have a load of sort of green tea or herbal tea in the afternoon and then when I get back have like a piece of salmon with some sort of vegetables mm. and that's for me a good thing at the moment because you feel like you're eating quite a lot whereas on other days MS actually do some really good ready meals that are only like 230 calories Mm. so I've had those in the evening and then been snacking hippies because they're not very calorific sometimes I like have those on the train back Mm -hmm. and I can incorporate Mm -hmm. those so yeah you have to experiment a bit I think I'm going to try a juice thing in a couple of weeks there's one company who do your 500 calories in juices so maybe just try that because sometimes it is just annoying because you've really got to plan Mm -hmm. what you're going to eat and when you can't like kind of grab something on on the the go
1: And the time until like 2pm or whenever you first eat, yeah. are you headachey? are you moody? No, not,
3: I don't feel like it. I think in the past I've been quite guilty of not having breakfast all the time when I should have been. So mm-hmm. I think in a way it's almost an extension of that, kind of just making it last a little bit longer. But
1: they're now saying that despite kind of all the previous advice that you, to lose weight, you have mm-hmm. to have breakfast. So the sixteen-eight, for example, yes. the other diet, which mm-hmm. is where you basically fast for 16 hours a day, so you eat only in a window of eight hours, yes. that's another supposedly proven way of losing yeah. weight with intermittent fasting and that completely deletes breakfast yes. from your diet or you could do breakfast but yeah. you'd you then d- be finished having dinner like 3pm <laughs> yeah. so,
3: so people they, they say well, don't they do like 12 to late that's yeah. quite a yeah. sensible way to do it
1: and that's completely eradicating Breakfast, breakfast and, and that yeah. milk, I suppose. I
3: think for me, just when I have breakfast, obviously as it's meant to, your metabolism kept going, mm. keep well get started and then that's when I suddenly if I have breakfast I'm starving at ten o'clock. Mm. So yeah. I find if I like leave it a bit longer then I'm not kind of absolutely wanting lunch at like eleven A. M. Interesting.
1: Do we think this is a good thing. It obviously works if you're sensible and really on top of it like Heather but do you think it's a slippery slope to starving yourself?
2: I think it is. I was reading this earlier the 16-8 one in particular they were saying it's obviously good if you're mindful of what you're eating but also there's nothing to say what you should be eating in Mm -hmm. those 8 hours so you could be just eating loads of shit which Mm -hmm. really isn't good for you so I personally think it's more about what you're eating rather than when you're eating it Mm -hmm. that is more impactful.
1: I think the overriding takeaway from this piece is that it's for people who aren't very good at that isn't it yeah. it's for people who need a bit of structure yeah. but uh, there's another one the warrior diet you fast for 20 hours, so you could have, like, breakfast 10 yeah. o'clock today and then, like, 6 a.m. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. But, I mean, my only experience of fasting is Yom Kippur, the Jewish fast day. <laughs> but, Kippur. oh, my God, you get so hungry. Yeah, I wouldn't want really to don't, do that. And, and I just don't think that that's a wise thing to put your body through. I know what no. it's like but by the time you get to kind of 4 or 5 o'clock on those fast days. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just not a functioning person. Mm. And it worries me that people will do it kind of under the... Umbrella of legitimacy that these kind of named yeah. diets mm. are giving it. Should you be sleeping apart? That's the question that we put to our readers last week, with the launch of a new lane keeping bed, which encourages partners to stick to their side of the mattress. We're wondering, should we all be sleeping alone or is that the death of romance? Becky.
0: I feel 50-50 on this. I can understand why people would want to do it because I do agree that I probably sleep much better on my own. I'm less aware of somebody else and I'm less aware of sort of tugging covers or things like that. So I think probably there are a lot of benefits to it. But yeah, I personally think it would be a shame. To... You're willing to forfeit a good night's sleep. I'm willing to forfeit a good night's sleep to continue sharing a bed. <laughs>
2: Lou? I think it's just down to personal preference mm. my sleep isn't massively affected by my partner being there I actually find it more strange when he's not there and very aware but I think for some people you know if you're on different schedules when you go to bed when you wake up in the morning and you do get interrupted by that like and your sleep pattern is mm. interrupted then I can definitely see the benefits of it so I think it's just down to personal preference really I don't think there should be a like a right or wrong or really mm-hmm. a rule I think it's whatever suits you in your partner mm. Heather what do you think?
3: Yeah I like sharing a bed but I am excited hopefully it's some something- stage this year to get a second bedroom just because I feel really guilty because I'm basically there with the hairdryer waking up really early every morning and you're so the early one I'm the early one so yeah and also I liked going to bed earlier as well because we live in a studio flat it's kind of all or nothing you yeah I can't okay. really yeah. if he wants to continue doing whatever I have to really put my eye mask and stuff yeah, in the to dress. try and go to sleep and then the other way around when I get up at like 20 past six he yeah as quiet as I try to yeah, be yeah. he has to wake up and Often have to get dressed in the dark as well, so it would be nice <laughs> to have a separate room to do all the getting ready stuff in, yes, maybe just to that's a good point. That wouldn't disrupt as much, I think. And
1: in yeah. terms of romance, do you think that sleeping together is a key part of that? Like, I don't think anyone's suggesting that you stop having sex, but I think it's just for quality of sleep, right? Mm. So, do you mm. think that you could do your business and then toddle off into your next bedroom <laughs> or to the next bed? You do you, tomorrow, yeah,
2: I quite like the idea of that, I'm not gonna lie. We often have, like, good chats when we're somehow in bed. I think sometimes when the light turns off and it's almost like, you know, when you have a sleepover yeah, you yeah. yeah. You all day to talk about things and then suddenly you get your best chats. Yeah. So true.
3: So, yeah, I think I would miss that. Yeah, like, and the first thing in the morning, like waking yeah. up on a weekend, for example. I quite tell my nice. Dreams. But you don't yeah. have
1: to have separate bedrooms. You can uh, just yeah, have separate true. beds. True. The example yeah. in this was about a lane-keeping bed. Like I don't know, it was a bed with, like, a divider between the two. <laughs> yeah, that I
2: could get on board with.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I think mean, yeah. separate beds sounds nicer than separate separate
0: yes. yes. yeah uh, it's
2: just more bed making to be had yeah. yeah
0: that's true and that also somehow feels a bit more final than just having a separate yeah. uh, yes <laughs> do you think there's a stigma
2: attached to
1: it you know when I was younger if somebody's parents slept in separate uh, bedrooms yeah. that's what people would say about them yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Like, 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 they have separate beds they're yeah. parents yeah. Yeah. do you think that that will go now I don't know it seems to be more of a trend now or do you think it's still a bit weird
0: I still find it a bit of an odd concept I'm not gonna lie because yeah like you've just said the first thing that springs to mind it's all parents that aren't getting on anymore yeah. Mm. or they might be getting a divorce. So I think it will always have those connotations. How would you go back as well? Yeah, if you decided yeah, to, you
3: to try it and then one person was like, actually, I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Man, exactly. I think the key is a really big bed, like yeah. a hotel room yes. bed. Yeah. I think that's the only way to do it. You have to yeah. just sacrifice your space and that's go for a, a massive idea. bed because I sleep a lot better when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. But if we're in a giant bed, then all the things that keep me up, I don't notice. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. yeah ceiling. So impossible. True. Space ceiling. flooring, which maybe
3: be the... Snoring is the other, the is other an thing. Issue. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The only thing that will help out is a separate bedroom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A separate bed won't help. Or like that. some kind of nasal reconstructive surgery. the other option.
1: Well, this piece says that historically, the marital bed was for romantic endeavours rather than sleep. For the Romans and the Victorians, sharing a bed for snoozing was seen as unhealthy. I quite yeah.
3: like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we've just changed
2: it. Haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it's not. yeah, and it is a bit of a weird concept when you think about like the eight hours you're asleep, you're next to another person. Yeah, yeah I find it really it's weird. True, and like when you move in together, it's like
1: now you have the same bed. It's like our bed. It's like yeah. well, it's my yeah. bed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whether you agree or don't agree, do have a read of our piece and see what you think. I feel like we talk about treats and snacks on the podcast quite a lot. But we wrote yet another piece about handbag-friendly, healthy treats. Things like best for on-the-go breakfast, best for afternoon snacking, best for vegans, and best for pre-gym snacking. So I want to know, what are your go-to
2: snacks on the go? Oh, I love a good snack. This, I was going to say, this is right <laughs> up street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hit us. Pretty much everything on the list, I definitely indulge in. Othine Path, the pea snacks, oh, yeah, are a firm favourite in the office. Charlotte the Poop-pooped them at first. <laughs> and now... I got them
1: confused with something else. <laughs> and then I really um, liked
2: them. Yeah, they come in a variety of different flavours and shapes, and... They're just really good. We're not so keen on the disc style ones. No, are although we? those are I think better for you. And they're less flavoured. Yeah. I um, have the balsamic vinegar sort of tubes. The, yeah. so the, yeah.
1: the, the the salty tubes are the best, yeah. closely
2: followed by the balsamic vinegar ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty, they're nice. They're yeah. so good. They are so good. And you can buy them like in a little mini from the go or a big family pack, which pretty much lasts two helpfuls. The <laughs> hippies as well, another yeah. favourite in the office. Yeah. They're made from chickpeas and quinoa, so I think they've got a good protein balance i yes. Love corn. I love that. Yes. Oh, I love it. so
3: good. Corn, yeah. Just very noisy. You I don't was want to really to say, eat that on In it. the office, I feel bad if I'm crunching down on some love corn. <laughs> yeah. Right and the MS version as yeah, well, which is so, so good. The giant corn. Oh, I've not tried that. Oh, I saw so the salted kernels. Yes, they, they are, are. Next. Can you get them at the garage? No.
0: No.
1: No. Oh, no. Okay. You've got to go That's to like a proper MS. Yeah. But they're bigger than the love corn ones. Mm. You know, like um, Peruvian corn? Oh, yeah. It's that. Like the really big pieces. And really salted really yeah. salty oh. really crunchy then yes. I need to get some of that they're with really the, high in protein as yeah. well and really good with a drink Yeah, yeah. just Perfect if you're not being
2: said I think like <laughs> so many of these snacks now are high in protein I yeah. think previously you know it was just crisps oh. really yeah. Yeah. which you know super salty high in saturated yeah. fats yeah. so I think there are so many good options mm. available and you know at your local say no you don't need to go to like yeah. a <laughs> health
3: <laughs> shop anymore so That's you true. can't beat a pop chip though can you I was lit really. pop
0: chips my favourite
3: thing I
0: actually am obsessed with with pop chips yes. but
3: even they're not as bad as you know traditional no. Not, no. so because they're not to feel too bad is exactly. that why because they're actually popped because they're, they're not, not right yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think if you just look at the ingredients and, stuff, and for me normally when I'm snacking if there's anything I don't really understand what it is yeah. then I'm like I shouldn't yeah. be it shouldn't this. Exactly. Yeah. deliciously Ella I also love all of those balls uh, yeah. naked bars I like naked
1: yeah, bars yeah naked actually. bars are good
3: Yeah, I do yeah. find they all taste the same though that would be my only criticism of them. The rhubarb and custard ones definitely got more more of a sort oh no Bakewell Tarts sorry oh yeah that one's I quite like the chocolate good. orange one as well mm. yeah, that, that does good. taste like that chocolate does orange does so. taste mm. Heather any other favourites I'm a big crisp person I love them but so yeah I am loving the fact that there are now healthier ones I don't feel so bad but yeah I think hippies are definitely yeah. my, mm. my current even like WH Smith
2: has got such a huge variety mm. I think yeah. you know train stations often that's
3: yes. where you pick up your so like, true. Snacking true. I would occasionally be like if I'm being bad like yeah. I need some crisps to get me through, but now yeah, you can just mm. grab. Yes. Yeah. You don't feel quite so bad, or no. you can have two, and it's the same. <laughs> and that it works that's works out. My <laughs> with pop chips,
1: they're healthy, but I eat a family size. Oh my yeah, yeah there's like
3: four in a packet. Yeah,
1: which yeah. Is true. Um, oh, well. What
0: about you? Well, mine was going to be pop chips. Oh, I, I yeah, boring. I know, but I am obsessed with them. Honestly, in my old job, everyone used to take the piss out of me because I would stockpile on pop chips, salt and vinegar, and then like salt and vinegar. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh no, I like salt and I know all
3: the ones rather than oh, the flat ones. I've tried those yet. I saw them the other day. Yeah. On yeah. I haven't seen a ridgy one. Mm. Yeah, there'll be more flavour in those, even
1: better. When I think of rigi, I just think of, like, salt and vinegar macoy. Yeah, the McCoy. McCoy. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. my God, the oh, rich McCoy. Oh, When you yeah, are with that, that and yeah. a Ribena.
3: Oh, <laughs>
0: oh, yes. oh, amazing. We had those the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Salt and vinegar yeah. McCoy, yeah. we, we were not hungover. No, I yeah, <laughs> just like to
3: point out, just being yeah. greedy. I don't
0: know you have a lot. But yeah, pop chips <laughs> and the love corn. That's it for healthy. But I have got a bit partial to putting mini eggs in my bag at the moment. Okay, it's quite a lot. It's the season
1: a <laughs> well, I really love the clear spring nuts. These oh, are yes. healthier, which are oh, like yeah. little, do you know which ones I they mean? Yeah. They're really little packets. You can get them on a cardo, Planet Organic. I haven't seen them in a supermarket yet. But Whole they Foods do, do them as well. Whole Foods, yeah, exactly those kind of places. But they do almonds, cashews, and pumpkin seeds. And I think that... like they're roasted yeah, in soy. I know soy, the yeah. ones you yeah. mean. Yeah. They're, they're good. So good, and like you know when you just need a savoury pick me up, yeah. like yes. just something to, particularly when you're sitting at your desk and you're like, yeah. just, just mindless eating. They're so good. Mm-hmm. So. Delicious. they're not cheap as one pound eighty for like a little bag oh, yeah, but i think they last you kind of two snack sessions yep. and they're so delicious they're the
3: clear spring rice crackers that have got sort of seaweed mm-hmm. through them as well are mm. also good because oh, so they've got that real saltiness to them but they're not it's just the seaweed yeah it's not bad stuff yeah they they're do a lot of good.
1: those really delicious asiany snacks because they, they've yeah. got those little black no, sea cracker sea, things yeah. yeah yeah they're really mm. good dried
3: seaweed loads of healthy snacks mm.
1: Mm. I'm excited about this one. 20 supermarket beauty bargain buys. Too good to miss. Becky, you wrote a piece on the thrifty beauty things we should be buying from Asda to Lidl. So I want to know, really, you can buy your beauty stuff at the supermarket?
0: Honestly, you can. I mean, a lot of it is rip-offs from really good brands, but they are as effective as their expensive counterparts. Especially with Audi, because we all know they have slightly copied the Jo Malone candles. But... The reason they can do it is because Jo Malone put their ingredients on the candles, so anybody can do, do that. Yeah, so I think it's because they've just always put their ingredients on from the beginning. So Audi have done some really impressive duplicates, and I have to say, I personally don't think you could tell the difference, and they are at a fraction of the price. Wow. My boyfriend's dad literally went and bought loads because he thought they were going to go out of stock because he was so the paranoid. Candles. The candles. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> so are they? They're like six quid. Wow. They're cheap. Are they and big as well? You can get the big like oh deluxe <laughs> ones for just as little. So really impressive dupes. Mm-hmm. And some of the night creams at like Marks and Spencers are 22 quid, which, okay, on the surface sounds still quite a bit, but they're sellouts because their formulas are so effective. I mean, one of the Marks and Spencers ones, Ultimate, <laughs> Sleep Cream had a waiting list for absolutely ages. I remember that. And who's creating these creams? Well, technically they're all being made in the same factory, but because it's under a high street shopping name, they can afford to make it. But it's obviously yeah. not the same products. No, it's not the same products, but it's very similar formulas.
1: Mm. Definitely. So that was the M&S formula, Absolute Ultimate Sleep Cream.
0: And that was a bestseller. It completely sold out. So says 7,500 people were on the wait list for that. Yeah. Wow. Massive amount. <sighs> so they're re- big and actually one of my favourite places for beauty buys is Marks and Spencers. They They've have got really good brands Oh, mm-hmm. the best beauty range. Really worth checking out. So, come on, what else? Hit us. What else should we be looking at? Um, this? One of my favourite brands is Yope and that is now sold at Waitrose. Yes, so I had a Yope hand cream yeah. and had no idea that it was a cheapy thing. It's literally mm-hmm. become a staple for everybody now. So, Yope is one of my favourite brands. And also, I think it's just the fun packaging. They've just kind of clocked onto that. It's all completely eco friendly. Friendly, really green. It's a really fun brand. Then also in Waitrose, they've got my favourite shampoo brand, which is OGX. I like that one well oh, it's, it's the best. <laughs> I mean, you can get it in boots as well, but if I'm taking you aisle by aisle, that yeah. is one of my absolute favourites. And Sainsbury's have some good ones too. They've got a new brand called Love Beauty and Planet, which is completely eco-friendly again, but you don't lose any of the benefits. They've got really gorgeous scents and they keep your skin feeling really smooth. So it's it is 100% worth checking out your local supermarket for beauty buys, especially if you are on a budget, because chances are you can find things that work just as well. I actually get the MS Rose and Bay hand wash, which <gasps> is like a mixture of two
2: yeah. amazing dipty candles, basically. Yeah. And, um, it's like £2.50.
0: It's Ooh. amazing. George, do the... Blush soft touch stick, which is really similar to our favourite Rosie Huntington Whiteley oh, blusher.
1: Nice. I mean,
0: again, very similar. Probably isn't as creamy, but okay. If you want something for three pound ninety five, I was going to say how much is that? Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> and
1: is the Rosie Huntington Whiteley one an M&S one as well? Yeah,
0: yeah. Fifteen pounds. I mean, that is. I will say the formula of that is incredible. But if you are on a budget, or if you are wanting
3: to be a bit thrifty, the George Blush Soft Touch Stick is a really great alternative fascinating Heather do you ever get anything I t- well I tend to do my shopping at Lidl and Morrison's which isn't on this list but <laughs> I do like yeah M&S the one in Brighton it's just before you go into the food bit if you ever wander there it's just got yeah the whole sort of yeah. beauty thing and Amazing. I just like that they've got loads of different brands and yeah they're yeah. only I think they're one of the few places in Britain where you can get skin which is S-K-Y-N yeah. oh, yes, um, yeah. the Icelandic brand which I really works well with my skin and you can get that at and so, yeah, and they've got, got the odd earth. thing there.
0: Yeah, they've, it's really impressive, it. honestly. And also, if you go to like a really big one, it's all laid out really clean yeah, it Yes, is, it's, it's nice. So it's a great shopping experience. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've
1: ever seen beauty at MS. I need to like. Oh my god! Yeah. Down. They've got huge. Rodial Ren. Yeah,
0: Ren, yeah, what? they've got so many different brands. I think I only go to our little like actual <laughs> <a petrol laughs> one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to extend
1: my reach. I, I mean, get those
3: big corn and some, yeah, yeah. some R. nice teabags. Right, your shopping yeah. list. fascinating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well, for all of Becky's recommendations and more, do check out the piece on site. I'm going to go shopping. Wow. What does it mean to be original? Our Sheerlark's contributor, Clover Stroud, who regularly writes the midlife column for us, put that question to herself and to our readers last week. Off the back of a school project for her teenage daughter about what it really meant to be original, we're now asking the question, do you
3: care? So I'm going to put it to you guys. What does being original mean to you and do you care about being it? Heather. It's quite tricky i think maybe it was something i cared about more when i was a teenager just in that kind of rebellious way where you obviously want to be different from your parents or stand out for different reasons i suppose i was the only goth in my school so i suppose you a goth? i was you- <laughs> so i suppose in that sense it, i was trying to be original but now i suppose it's more about authenticity and just mm. trying to kind of live how you want to live
0: yeah, that's and so true. not
3: really caring about what other people might think about you that's bit of a buzzword isn't it authenticity it is it is (laughs) do you care about being original
2: no i don't think so i think as you say heather it's about being authentic and true to who you are and who you want to be and what you believe in and what you enjoy and like and you know the piece references instagram a lot you know being a great place for inspiration but also can kind of lead you down a path of Mm. indecision and maybe confusion to what you think you should be doing and I think you often just need to take a step back and be like actually do I want to do that do I want to wear that do I want to go to that place or say that thing or whatever it's a minefield and you know I'm pleased I'm not a teenager I think in this time where you're on a path of exploration and discovering yourself and you know I feel like I know who I am now but I think it's difficult for young people. Mm. And I like when she references, you know, looking at a young child and, you know, they haven't been tainted by anything in the mm. world around them. And I think our being their sort of purest self. And I think that's really important as mm. well that we just remind ourselves of those things.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I would say when I was younger, I was much more about sort of fitting in and being a certain person. And you focus on that when you're younger. But I think I am slowly starting to learn that the second you actually like yourself and the second you just like who you are and what you're. Doing, you get this confidence that it's just who you are, and that to me is what original is that's your original self. And And surely it's more difficult to try to be something that you're not a than just be who you are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's exhausting. Yeah, and like you said, I think I can't imagine growing up in today's world and constantly, especially when you're young, and now they have got Instagram. I mean, it used to just be MSN, which was bad enough, (laughs) but Instagram now as a child, I can only imagine I would have been like, Why don't I look like that? Why am I not? It's hard. So I definitely think there comes an acceptance with getting older and just learning to like who you are yeah. is the best way to be well, original. I think the people are
2: talking about it like we are now. Obviously there is Instagram but then it's also very discussed the facade of it and everything mm-hmm. that goes oh, on yeah, behind that. Yeah. So.
1: I'm not sure that if you're 16 though and you're looking at yeah, high true. gender and those people that that's, you know, that's what, yes, that you're, you're... going to be thinking it's all fake. Mm. I think kind of tying it all into like what originality means. I think I care way more about being original now than I did as a teenager. As a teenager i just i just just wanted to fit in, Mm. you know, I just wanted to be as unoriginal as possible, because the easiest thing to do was to to follow the crowd and to wear what people were wearing and do what people were doing. Whereas now I care way more about being original, but that doesn't tie in with a lack of authenticity. I think it's Mm. the opposite of that. To be my most authentic self is not to be following the crowd Mm -hmm. and not to be doing the cookie cutter way of doing Mm. things. So actually finding original ways to do things sits way more comfortably with me, Mm. whether it's my career. career, my wedding, whatever it may be finding an original way to do that that feels different to what everybody's doing is actually really important to me so I think they don't have to be kind of mutually exclusive and one isn't necessarily a negative where one's a
2: positive. Mm. I also think it's important to remember that not everything you do has to break the mould. It's this whole like new thing where you're expected to be so many different things right,
1: you're supposed to be like a curator and Mm. a this and a that and you're supposed to be so kind of unique in every different way and actually like you might just be shit at this and you might just actually be only really that good at is that so yeah. and, true. and I feel yeah. like there's a lot of pressure to be, exactly. to be original in what you're wearing yeah. and in what you're
2: pitching to people yeah. in
1: so many different yeah. ways of living your life yeah. and that's quite stressful
2: exactly like if you want to wear a plain jumper or read a book that everyone's read yeah, it's, it's mainstream yeah That doesn't matter, like, you it doesn't everything
3: have to be sort of quirky. most things are popular for a reason so I don't think, yeah, there's any shame in watching a TV programme everyone's watching because it's good and not just following it because everyone else is but following it because actually you
2: just really like
1: it Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So Clover, who wrote this piece, her daughter's suggested definition of originality was living in a colourful way without caring how other people judge you but doing things that really matter to you. Being original requires a certain amount of bravery because it also means standing out. I get that as when I think of all the people I admire and the people Mm. who I would like to be like, they are people who are, you know, in the purest definition of the word original Mm -hmm. and do do things their own way. And I don't think... Professionally Necessarily You get that far By blending into the crowd Yeah But that's not the same As always trying to be The What's the word Always trying to be A disruptor and, and I completely agree with you It's not about Always trying to Be the different one It's just about Finding your voice It's just it. about yeah. finding
2: mm. You Just being true it, To you are
1: I think Yeah, yeah. Well, let's end by talking about some fashion. We did a couple of handbag stories last week. First up, our white handbags to buy for spring. Lou, can you be oh, buying a white handbag?
2: I love a white handbag. I think it was about a year ago when Charlotte and I did a shoot and one of the accessories was the little white wandler handbag, which I have loved ever since. And I'm surprised <laughs> I don't own yet. I've yeah, been going on about it for about a year. <laughs> um, but I just think white handbag can really make an outfit feel just a bit fresher and more spring-like. It's a bit Ooh.
1: unexpected, it's- isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's a statement. It is a statement. I got one from LM,
1: which is a small company which is just starting to kind of mm. poke its head above the parapet, and I love it. It just makes everything feel a bit cooler. It's a white yeah. crossbody, mm. and it's got a big gold clasp on the front, oh, and nice. yeah, you can be wearing something really classic, and then add a white bag, and it feels mm. exactly. Mm. And I
2: think where like a black or a, you know dark navy, or whatever, can sort of complement a look. A white will like
0: add something to your look. Yeah. Definitely, So true. You guys in the market for one? I am actually, because I always wear jeans and I feel like maybe that will up my game a bit. And I do need new bags because I don't really invest in good bags. I'm a bit lazy with stuff like that. Well, the thing I would say about a white bag
1: is it will get dirty. That's my And it it is a trend, (laughs) so I wouldn't necessarily spend a fortune um, on one. But that Wonder one is particularly good. Yeah,
2: and there are some good sort of mid-entry price point this sort of contemporary brands that are up in their game I think go with something small and a bit fun yeah the Chloe ones as well like if you are mm. looking for a classic they are amazing mm. and it's not your everyday you've got to be careful with it and you know, put your leather protector on and yes. wipe it down. <laughs>
1: yeah. But course have some MS whistles. There yeah. are also some two out there. The m oh, are really getting a shout out this podcast. They yeah, really are. they yeah. do have some great accessories. <laughs> yeah, they do. And the white M S and s boots. They haven't even sponsored this podcast. Yeah. But um, the white MS boots are also my absolute it's go-to. Fun. I've had three pairs. They're the best. Finally, let's talk about rucksacks. We wrote a piece about the 15 practical rucksacks to buy right now. They're functional, but I like to think stylish as well. What do we think?
0: Rucksack fans? I love a rucksack. I mean, <laughs> I am a bit like that. I'm so casual in style. But I have had a hype rucksack. What's
1: a really, hype rucksack?
0: Okay, so they're really colourful and a bit raky. And they're like those teenage ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like cringe. I remember I went out on a night out and I took it with me and all my friends were like, no, that, <laughs> that needs to go. So this really inspired me because some of them are really sleek they and black. Honestly, and I just think, why not? You can get so much in a rucksack and you literally just put it on your back rather than worrying about... Things around your waist. I just think it's such a good idea, and I'm a big fan of practicality. So I will be buying one.
1: You are right; they are so much better for your posture, aren't they? Than the toe bags that we're all guilty of slapping things yes. around in, Heather.
3: Yeah, I need a backpack, and actually, this came at exactly the right time because mm. I'm very much in need of one. And I do like, yeah, the look of like the leather ones as well because yeah. it does smarten it up a bit. Because I think it can be hard <laughs> traditionally to make a backpack look sort of work friendly. Yes, but, so true. Yeah, I think it's got some decent straps on and. All for it. I think that's the key to making it work. We have got a couple that
1: are that kind of <laughs> heavy duty, but yeah, if you want something a bit sleeker and leather, even Eastpak do a really nice smart one. Because
3: I've got yeah. an Pack one that I've had. I remember I got given it when I was fourteen for school, and it's got like a twenty-year guarantee on. I was like, well, really? I'm not going to have that for twenty years, but I've still got it. They because do, yeah. I think I it does well. last, but yeah, it's not very cool if you go for a weekend away and <laughs> kind of trundle in with a navy uh, Pack. My
1: hero from researching actually was. Matte Nat which is the vegan yes, brand I look that. these are all Matte and Nat aren't They're they nice. really cheap really yeah. actually the pink's nice I know the pink not is not nice not as
0: wearable but really
1: yeah, nice. they are really like fuss free and smart Ooh. and oh yeah oh yeah. yeah
0: you like that oh I know I'm just thinking because I thought the Zara one because it's 1999 but now I'm like oh yeah the Matt and Nichols nice the Zara one's a bit more fashion whereas mm-hmm. these ones are a
1: little bit more practical in, but still cool they look still cool. cool yeah, yeah I agree you so. slip your laptop in though well, yeah. exactly yeah. I'm not sure it's necessarily for the weekend. But if you are looking for a practical way to bring your laptop and things like that to work, then it's a great option. Well, I think that's just about it for this week. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time.